Good morning. This is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on KOPN, and all episodes can be found online at kopn.org and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today on the show, host Ginny Chadwick is joined by Gene Snodgrass, who won a seat on the Columbia School Board last night along with Catherine Sazer. This, th- that will be a pre-recorded interview. will air in just a few minutes, and until then, we have Ginny with us on the phone live. Good morning, Ginny. Good morning, Mallory. It's so great to talk to you. So, you know, I think that my world is living in a vaccine world. Like, where? how is this going? Where, where can we get vaccines? Um, but I do want to hit on the case numbers. So, Boone County, you know, the other day on Saturday, it recorded no cases. And I think that that is the first day that I can recall seeing that in a really long time. So um, we did have 20 recorded cases yesterday in Boone County. Um, so bringing our total to 17,817. Um, you know, we are not out of the woods entirely on this pandemic, but the active number of cases right now in Boone County are only 69. And I can remember when it was well over um, 1,000, right? So we are looking so good. And when we think about um, the number of people that are getting vaccinated, Matthew Holloway, as he has always been our data guru um, that we go to, has been keeping track of the percentage of the population vaccinated. And I think it's really interesting to look at over time. So let's just go back to March 30th, which wasn't very long ago. (laughs) Um, We had 24.8% of Missouri state population vaccinated. And remember that we have over 6 million people in our state. And so One, it's going to take time to get vaccines here and to get people to um, that. And then phases are are opening up. So 24.8% March 30th, April 1st, 26.1%. April 6th, so as of last night, we had 28.4%. So we're seeing, I mean, just in that week, a jump of about four percentage points of of people being vaccinated. So um, almost 30% of our state is vaccinated. That's still not near enough in that the idea is to get to herd immunity. So, um, and with the COVID-19 virus, we um, believe that transmission will be greatly reduced um, if we get to, you know, 70 to 80%. Um, So we have ways to go. Phase three, which includes all Missourians opens up in two days on April the 9th. And so I want to stress to our listeners, if at this point you didn't qualify in any tier or phase so far, or you just didn't understand the tier or phase, um, which it is complicated and confusing to many, um, then everybody 16 and over in the state of Missouri qualifies in two days. So that doesn't mean you need to wait until April 9th to get an appointment. It means that you can get an appointment now to get vaccinated on April 9th. One thing, as as we are helping individuals book appointments across the state, is that I hear that the box that I need to check isn't open. So as um, 
our listeners heard before, but in case you are listening for the first time, Missouri COVID-19 vaccine information is a Facebook page. Um, and this, the Facebook page is only to post where vaccines are located. Um, and so it, it provides constant information about where you can find an available vaccine. And right now, vaccine availability is really great. Um, I often look at a website called vaccinespotter.org, and just watching the number of green dots across our, our state has been so fun and exciting um, in these last couple of weeks. You know, for many weeks in this vaccine um, time period, we were seeing quite a number of St. Louis locations being read or the access to a vaccine would be a good two hours in space. And if you look at vaccinespotter.org and go to Missouri now, we call it Christmas. There are vaccines available all over the state. And, um, you know, I know that we had Matt on earlier um, a couple maybe months ago now it the time has gone so um slow and so fast but um who is the creator or nick sorry of vaccine spotter and he just added the health smart pharmacies to the vaccine spotter so we're seeing one more federal pharmacy that's being tracked by that spotter and the red dots are the dots where um, retailers are currently out of vaccine, but they have had them. But the green dots are where there are active available vaccines. And when I talk about open vaccine appointments, if you put in the zip code for Columbia, so let's just put in 65201, and it will list first off how many locations by zip code the closest to you. So right now, and in this is moment in the moment, um, there are 35 appointments at the Conley Walmart for anywhere starting tomorrow. Um, and Gerbs is now a place that just I recently just saw it come online. I don't know how many days they've been doing vaccines here in Columbia, but the Gerbs on Paris Road is listed with over 95 appointments available um, starting as early as today at 10 p at 10 a.m. So you could get the Moderna vaccine today at 10 a.m. at the Gerbs on Paris Road, and the appointment is available for all of these locations on the federal website, so when we talk about Walgreens, Gerbs, CVS, any of our HealthSmart pharmacies, and when we say HealthSmart pharmacies, that's a lot of our local pharmacies actually go under a, a, a connection of HealthSmart pharmacies. You can get appointments, but you do need to book them online. If you have any barriers to booking something online, let's say you're just not online or um, navigating the website is hard. Um, I have been very um, liberally giving out my phone number for 573-999-2641. You're welcome to call me. Um, the vaccine sharks are happy to help you to get an appointment. Um, so we don't want appointments to be a barrier in the community right now because access to them is um, very abundant. So I, I don't know what other way to say that. You know, again, the Walgreens in Fulton has 33 appointments. Um, the Boonville Walmart has 135 starting as early as today. So 
And now as we think, like, which vaccine do I want? So there are three vaccines readily accessible in the state of Missouri now, um, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Um, You know, sometimes one vaccine might be a little more accessible than the other. Um, When we look at the difference, and I'm not going to go into it scientifically at this point, um, there are slight differences in Um, one vaccine to another. But when we look at the difference, Pfizer is administered within 21 days of of the first dose. You could receive the second dose. And Moderna is 28 days. Johnson & Johnson, one shot and you're done, right? And right now, DNH Drugstore on their Paris Road location website has appointments that you could go in and book right now. So you could go to the DNH Drugstore um, website. You could book an appointment. You can get a vaccine as early as tomorrow. Um, and it's one shot, and that's the sole shot that you get. When you're booking appointments, what I've been hearing people have confusion on is, do, are you booking the second appointment? Unfortunately, that's not consistent from one location to another. So I'm going to give you a for instance. When you're on Hy-Vee's website, You book the first dose, and then it makes you select the time for the second dose. Walgreens website, you book the first dose, and you select the time for the second dose. The Walgreens website right now, and this is made national news, is booking all vaccines 28 days apart for the second dose. We know that's not accurate based on CDC's recommendations on the dosing, timeage, spacage for Pfizer, the system won't let you change it. So as you go in to book it, you're you're booking a 28-day. So there's glitches in these systems that have been made very quickly to respond to the pandemic. Um, Walmart, when you book it, you don't book the time for your second vaccine. And what I've heard anecdotally is that when you're at Walmart and get your first dose, they give you a second dose time. There are times and spaces that because of the quickness that this is happening at, right, um, that maybe the pharmacist forgot to give you a time for the second. Maybe you didn't write it down. Um, maybe you weren't even given a, time, a second appointment. So now, as you see online, there's these second dose appointments. And people have been asking, I know I I received um, the inquiry that the Boone County Health Department had received this also, and it was something that we have heard um, as we are booking these appointments is, where do I get a second dose of Pfizer in Columbia? Or, you know, name your city. Where do I get a second dose of Pfizer in Fulton? Um, So some websites like um, Walgreens have these second dose appointments only. And theoretically, although I will say that there's no difference in the vial given for the first or second dose, you are required by that um, that business to, to book a second dose appointment if you're having a second dose. I know that people have booked just first dose appointments to get their second dose, and they are not complaining that they've been turned away. Um, so I haven't heard of anybody that's turned away for getting their second dose when they booked what isn't labeled a second dose, if that makes sense. 
we are at a point in the pandemic where there are an abundance of appointments, and I can't stress that enough. Um, there are thousands, literally hundreds of thousands of vaccines right now in the state of Missouri in refrigeration. So um, last time I looked, and this is not the most current to up-to-date today moment data, but we had over 800,000 vaccines sitting in refrigeration in the state of Missouri as early as last week. And that was the first time I had seen that number go so high. So we're getting over 300,000 vaccines coming to the state of Missouri each day. You know, as we're hearing the Biden administration is, is exceeding targets of where they want the numbers to be vaccinated. Mallory, as you're listening to this, are there things and questions that you've had? Um, I feel like the questions about vaccines could go on and on and on that I have. Um, but you've you've really addressed the issue. I, I saw a headline this morning from the Missouri Independent about um, right as the tiers are opening up, Missouri is seeing actually less vaccine access. And I, I haven't had a chance to go in and read the story, but have you heard anything about that so far? So you're saying when the next tier opens or the next phase opens, at that moment, there's less access to the vaccine. And, and I have to say, you know, we're going into this phase three on the ninth. Um, and I, I don't think we're going to see that again for this phase. All Missourians are eligible. There, there may be a supply and demand issue at that point because, you know, theoretically, you know, another over a million people are now eligible for the vaccine, if that makes sense. And so as all these new individuals become eligible, then there might be a, you know, a, a de demand that uptakes the current supply. We didn't see that when phase two opened. It, it, and this is anecdotally. Um, we, as the vaccine sharks, had no problems booking people in phase two as they requested it as it came open. And I, I honestly was quite surprised. I thought that we would start having trouble again. Like, you know, there was times in St. Louis that there's 10 women who work on this and we might get literally one appointment in St. Louis. And now um, we have more appointments than we need. There's, there's not a time that we have anybody on the list more than 24 hours in that there are some situations that maybe an individual is only able to um, commute on public transit. Maybe they need a specific type of vaccine. So let's say that they're requesting Johnson and Johnson within 15 minutes of their house. And this is a, you know, request that has been made. Right. And that is challenging for us to find in the moment. There's also time restrictions, right? People have full-time jobs. And a lot of these vaccine locations are vaccinating people in that eight to five time period. There are vaccines that are open as early as 6 a.m. Um, they're not frequent at all, but we definitely see some Walmarts uh, um, probably are the earliest I see vaccine appointments as early as, I know that the Boonville Walmart has done 6 a.m. Um, there have been vaccines as late as 9 p.m. Hy-Vee um, on Nifong, I know, did a night, an evening clinic. 
Um, but by majority, you see vaccines available from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. They are available seven days a week. Um, so typically, if you can't get a vaccine during the work week, you might be able to grab one on a Sunday even. And, you know, those Sunday hours are typically until 6 p.m. as well. Got it. And I guess my only other question, and you kind of touched on this, um, is about access, Jenny, and how um, how things are shaping up with what we were calling the vaccine deserts in, in the cities and the surplus in rural areas. And it seems like from what you're saying, some of that is really evening out now. Is that your understanding? Well, I mean, if you look at the spot right now, you can see lots of green dots in St. Louis. It is not to say that there are still not areas that are more challenging to find a vaccine in. Um, and especially when you think about access to public transit, um, access to the time that you need to go. But if you are able right now, right now in the state of Missouri, if you were able to, to commute within 30 minutes of your house and you're flexible on time, you could get vaccinated as far as access. Um, so I, I do believe we are at a moment and that might change as, you know, this new tier opens, we might see a huge influx of demand. It, it, it will be interesting to see. Again, it's in two days. You can book your appointment now. Most vaccination sites will let you get vaccinated now, even though you don't fall into the tier. So I know people are rule followers and they want to wait until their tier is open. Um, Okay, I want to get to our interview. So, Mallory, if you want to cue that up, we had an election last night, I think, for many of um, Boone County and the surrounding areas. Um, the Columbia Public School Board um, was up for election. We have two new school board members, um, and we, Jean Good Snodgrass. morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. Um, guests this morning, we have Jeanette Snodgrass. She was just elected last night. So we have newly elected board member Snodgrass joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be able to, to talk with you and have this opportunity. Okay, so I know as a candidate, you had a lot to say about the process of how we handle the pandemic and what transition looks like. Um, now that you're elected, um, what are some of the very first priorities that you think that you have for CPS? And especially as, it, as we consider, um, we are transitioning into five day a week school, right? Um, I know that both you and I have a daughter in the Columbia Public Schools in the um, secondary education, right? And so we're seeing that's where the huge, the biggest change is coming, right? So um, give me your thoughts right now on that transition as yeah. an elected official. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, my thoughts as an elected official also mirror to a certain extent my thoughts as a parent because I have both a child in middle school and one at the high, at the high school level. Um, so I know, first of all, that our current board and the administration, I am really thankful that they were looking at the data. Um, I tend to be a little more cautious. I may have said, like, let's wait a couple of weeks after spring break, but I know that students really wanted to be back in the classroom. And I know that the data is showing that it's good and, and they made a really great decision. And now I think it's about how we implement that transition to make sure that everybody is staying safe 
safe students and um, staff and teachers. So we know a lot of teachers have had an opportunity to get vaccines. That's great. Um, some of our students are have had an opportunity to do that and more will be eligible and able to do that soon, at least at the high school level. But that still leaves a lot of students um, that can't do that. We know with everybody back that we can't do the full distancing um, that would be recommended in an ideal situation, but we can still do a lot of things. And, and our building administrators, you know, are dealing with a lot, trying to get kids back into the classroom on, on a new quarter, a new semester, um, for some of them with their classes and meeting the teachers and masks and things like that. So I think really important that we continue to look at the mitigation measures, make sure that we're keeping case rates low, that's you know, gonna be affected by the community as well, but within the schools, we can do what we can do um, to help protect everyone and to help protect people's families. Because we know that even when students, younger folks don't become symptomatic, it is still possible for them to spread it. And we want everyone to be safe. That's the students, the teachers, and everybody's families as well. So come April 9th, anybody, over 16 and over can get the vaccine. Um, recently, I've noticed some um, schools hosting events, vaccine events at the schools. I have not heard of the Columbia Public School having a vaccine event set up yet. I'm curious if you have and your thoughts on doing a vaccine event at maybe one of the high schools in town or all of the high schools in town. Yeah, I I do not know exactly. I guess one of the you know being a new board member within the next week, I'm about to get lots and lots of information, um, and that I think will include probably things that have been in the works and and planned, but maybe weren't finalized, so couldn't be announced yet. So I'm hopeful that maybe there's something already in the works. I know there had been some discussion about doing events for teachers. Um, that would be eligible and to make it a little easier. And so I think for students, it would be a great idea. And, and if there's a way that we can make that happen, I would definitely support that. And we know that there has been specific events in Columbia, Missouri that have been open to teachers only. So an exclusive group of folks that could get vaccinated at those events. Um, I don't believe that they've been at any of the CPS locations, but I could be wrong. Um, but I do know one event was held off-site specifically for teachers. So with the idea that students, um, I, I got a message from a mother this morning who um, their two 18-year-olds um, went to get their vaccine and they were excited but nervous, right? And it the question often is what identification do I need? Um, do I need insurance, right? And those are things that um, we know create barriers to access. And as we think about especially vulnerable populations within CPS, um, we are hopeful that soon Pfizer will be approved for 12 and up, but right now we know it's 16 and up waiting for that emergency authorization. Okay, you were not the only elected official that was um, voted in last night. What do you think just overall about the election results for Columbia Public School and um, the broader community? We had two ward council seats up and um, a state rep seat. So thoughts on the election last night? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we know that spring turnout on the, these elections tends to be a little lower, but I think it was, you know, definitely at a little even above maybe where some people were predicting it to be. And I think it really shows that folks in this community are invested. 
for some of the ward seats and also for school board, um, really talked about what our vision is as a community that is a little bit more equitable, a little bit more open to collaborations and working together and really caring for one another as a community. And it's really encouraging to see that that resonated with the community and that people came out to support that because I think it's really important. I think now more than ever, as we're coming out of this, um, we're gonna need to be working together. We need to be able to find solutions that, that work for folks and that really address the needs of everyone, but especially those, those more vulnerable and at-risk populations in our community. I also want to point out um, that two ward seats and two school board seats were um, were voted in, and all four of those were females. Um, and and I think that that's a big moment. Um, we have never had a majority female on the Columbia City Council. Um, we are adding a female to it. Um, you know, it was not all females running for school board. And in fact, um, by far majority over history, school boards have been primarily male as well. But we elected two female school board members last night. So um, as we think about um, equality and uh, and and females running for office, I, I have to say that I was excited last night by the election results as well. Um, and I have heard um, in the community that, you know, they were su pleasantly surprised or, you know, some people obviously disappointed that the school board did swing more to what they deem the progressive side. Um, and, and those who were um, acting in a way that would be more conservative towards mitigation strategies and containing the virus. Um, yeah, again, I, I mean, I, I agree with you I, as far as like, um, reaction and surprise and and it was really amazing to see i i will be honest like i'm not sure i've ever been so invested in city council races that weren't my ward right <laughs> like i especially as someone running for office um felt like i really was following all the races very closely and and actually was really fortunate to be able to work with you know other candidates and and folks who were able to help each other out when they went out to drop information at houses and things, which was really amazing to see as well. Um, and, you know, I think bodes really well because again, the city and the schools have to work together. So like, I think that that's great. Um, and I think, again, it shows that as a community, we really do care about each other. The mitigation strategies around COVID are, are not about like me, right? Like I don't wear a mask because I'm scared that I'm gonna get the virus. I, I wear it to make sure that I'm protecting someone else, that just in case I caught it and don't realize it, um, that I can't transmit it to somebody else. And it's really about that care for the rest of our community and getting our community back up and running. And we can do that if we all really take these things seriously and really work together on them. And I think it was really, really nice to see the community come out and support that idea. And, and I think that they did with the election results. Okay, board member elect Snodgrass, last thoughts that you have for our listeners as we move into this next phase of returning back to school as an incoming board member. I think for all of us to really be kind to one another, 
to really be patient with one another, to really be understanding of the fact that the information is still changing that we're getting and that we're, we're gonna do our best and we're gonna work to protect students and staff and families, um, but also we can't do it alone, right? The board can't do it alone. The administration can't do it alone. The new superintendent, the old superintendent, right? For the next couple months, like it can't happen in a vacuum. It has to happen with the community support. And that's how we're really gonna get back to a more regular schedule, right? Like something that, that feels more like like normal for lack of a better word to use. Um, it really has to be with community support and helping each other out. And, and I really hope people continue to sort of think about that and, and engage in that. Well, the elected officials at the school board and the city council were both elected in for the next three years. So we look forward to hearing your voice on KOPN for our listeners in the future years to come. Thank you so much and congratulations again. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Jenny, anything else to add before we um, send our listeners on their way? No, I'm just really excited, you know, obviously just elected last night, Jean Snodgrass, to have join us so last minute for this show and, and look forward to the vaccine just becoming fully accessible to all Missourians in just two days. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jenny. That was loud. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, that's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. If you would like to catch our episodes, you can find them at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And again, just want to reiterate, very, very special thanks to our host, Ginny, and the Missouri Vaccine Sharks for increasing access to the vaccine in our state. As always, we invite you to share your questions with us as we plan for future episodes. Leave a message for us at 573-874-1139 or email gm at kopn.org. You can catch the show again live on Monday at 9 a.m. Special thanks for tuning in to Community Pulse. 51% is up next. Stay tuned. <laughs>